hello. Welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. And I'm Chip Chantry. Chip, we have a, we have an incredible guest today. That I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited about. Um, our guest today is uh, an actor, musician, playwright. Uh, you know him from The Sopranos. He played Salvatore Big Pussy Bonson Piero. I can't pronounce your your made up last name. <laughs> That's good to know. I actually practiced on the way here, and I was like, I don't think I'm getting close. I don't think I knew that was my last name in my season two. <laughs> do, do people, I got to assume, uh, every time you leave your house, people are screaming big pussy at you? No, not where I live. Well, that's good. My next door neighbor says, hey, Vinny, I'm going to go get a tour bus so people come by and wave. I stop. <laughs> no, I live on City Island in the Bronx. Andy Garcia shot a movie oh, yeah, out there. That, that was a great yeah. movie. It's beautiful and there. That's the, yeah, we do a lot of projects here. In fact, they were just working the other day uh, doing a low budget. And I shot a short film out here uh, with my friend Louis Vitulianama Medeo. And we're in the Staten Island Film Festival with that and um i think it's august because i'm not going to be there i'm going to be in pittsburgh you know what happened is that the staten island film festival said vinnie do you want to come out and be a judge i said by the way i have a film and i submitted it and they said we want it in and i said by the way i can't be there does it judge anyway with the film they said no the film's great i said okay so now we're going to shoot a video uh, in the park, me and the cast, and we're going to introduce the film. So they got me any which way they can. Yeah. You know, because there's all, all, well, there's all new media stuff now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Like last night, I, you know, I teach acting uh, in person at HP Studios uh, down in Greenwich Village, and, and I'm able to give them notes when I get home. I give them some notes in school, but then I say, let's do a session. And I work on them on Zoom. And by the time they go back next Tuesday, you know, they're ahead of the game because it's only a four-week course. So this Zoom thing, I, you know who got me into Zoom? Little Steve. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. Uh, when COVID came, uh, see, uh, Little Steve's wife, um, I say Little Steve Van Zandt, Maureen Van Zandt is my partner in a theater company we formed called Renegade, and we were given the name from Steven because that's his company. And, um, and we have a nice little thing that's been around for a while. And, um, and uh, you know, I forgot what I was saying to you, but I love rock and roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so do we. You were saying that you formed this theater this with, with Maureen Van Zant, and then uh, little Steven introduced you to Zoom. He got you into Zoom. Yeah, because we were doing a play, Love is Another Strangers, and I said to Steven, I can't do this stuff. He said, it's the only way you're going to get out of it. This is where everybody's going. Baby. And yep. I said, I cannot do a play on Zoom, Steven. I'm fighting with him. I love him. I was fighting with him. I can't do it. I'm, we, I'm and with then after that, I directed Streetcar Named Desire with Maureen on Zoom. And then I'm directing It's Done, uh, View from the Bridge by Up the Miller on Zoom. And now I'm working on Country Girls. So I'm getting, that's why when they, Teresa said, we're going to do this, um, she said on phone. And I said, can it be on Zoom? I, I like Zoom now. Yeah. You know, I have, have you- a, well, I'm sorry. 
Sure. Well, I was just going to say, is there is there something you've learned? Because, you know, we're stand up comedians and we've had to do Zoom shows and that type of thing. Ha, ha, have you found any benefits from it? Like, obviously, it's like you're not in a theater. You're not doing that. But have you learned like a little trick or something that's like, yeah, oh, well, it's, it's, this. Good for, it's good for uh, actors to rehearse. Mm-hmm. They can't yeah. get the blocking done, but they could definitely learn each other's run the line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get the script, I get the script and you work on it. You know, I got a session tonight just. I volunteered to do a scene with my actors, and, and uh, I'm having a kick out of that, but I'm not off book, and everybody else in the class is off book, so Uncle Vinny better get off book. But that's how, this is a good way to get off book, you know, on Zoom. So I learned that, and Stephen pushed me, and now I'm able to, you know, uh, we just did View from the Bridge, it's almost, we got one more performance, and the backdrop is all Brooklyn, 1950s, black and white. And when Steven saw it, that's the first thing he said to me, um, as to, to me as a director. He said, Vinny, would you get the backdrops? I thought I was watching a, a, a black and white movie. And I said, thank you, Steven. I said, uh, I came up with some of these guys and I wanted to create that, that, that vision. And he said, black and white. And now I'm doing Country Girl, but I'm going color. Because you see, like Kenny, like the red you got in back of you. That pops out, you know, and it looks like a stage performance. So I'm learning a lot from this Zoom stuff. Oh, that's good. Good for you. I comedy on Zoom. It's easy. (laughs) I I couldn't I couldn't do it. I I tried a few Zoom shows and it uh, it just wasn't for me. It's it's. Because you don't hear people laughing. You don't hear anything. No, uh, that's why I'm glad I'm back in school. Uh, We're we're on the boards. And the actors are so happy to offer Zoom because there's reactions that you get from the audience. Mm-hmm. And it, whether you're doing stand-up or you're doing theater, that you don't get when you're doing television or film because right. you did it and then it's up there. I mean, you know, I don't know if people going to laugh in Sopranos when I was doing those scenes with uh, with Ducky, Louis Lombardi. Who played <laughs> St- I don't know if they're going to laugh. I was laughing. You know? Yeah. A lot of times I watch something... Um, uh, for a second or third time, and I realized that there's a lot of comedy in in, in, in that piece, and you start laughing. And uh, there was a lot of comedy in Sopranos. The Sopranos was one of the funniest written. It was one of the funniest written TV shows they, of all time. But they they got that because of Goodfellas, not because of the Godfather movies. Because Goodfellas was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goodfellas was like maybe the first funny wise guy uh, movie that worked because uh, Raging Bull was I don't know if it was that funny but that had it was De Niro you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'm all pumped up on De Niro I've been watching a lot of De Niro stuff because I worked with Bobby List Thursday I um, we did a reading of a, a, a movie that he's uh, thinking of doing about um, I've been on the stage at Frank Costello, Vito Genovese, and um, Appalachia, uh, the summit. And I read with Bobby, and um, I was blown away because because um, I was sitting next to him all afternoon, working with him and reading, you know. And I said to myself, man, you did a little bit that looks like an extra work for Goodfellas. Erwin Winkler was sitting there. Erwin Winkler directed Night in the City. I'm looking at these guys, and I'm saying, you don't have a bad life, Vinny. 
<laughs> My sister said, if you get that far only with this film that you read with Bobby, because I've read with Bobby a few times. You know, we work on, he, he works on uh, scripts and he calls in people to read. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister said, if that's as far as you get with this movie, look how far you got. Yeah. And I think that's a, a good way to start thinking, you know? I mean, maybe you won't get an HBO comedy special, but if you can go into these clubs that I ran around with a long time ago by Johnny, uh, who helped me out a mm-hmm. lot with comedy, uh, you get you get the feeling of closeness, man. You you hear that audience? Am I right or wrong, guys? Oh yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's there's there is uh, when when a packed club is hitting and you hear laughs bouncing off the walls. Yeah. There's there and everybody's in it together. It's there's there's no better feeling. You get paid by the club owner. You said, "Well, that was good." I don't, you don't have to pay. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm past the days of being like I would do this for free. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to mention the club. But you know, I run around with my band, a gangster squad. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were playing a club down in the East Village, and I don't want to mention the club. And the guy gave me twenty dollars at the end of the night, and he, <laughs> he actually didn't give it to me. He sent me an invoice. Then I got a check, and I didn't even, I didn't pay the check. I framed it. And I said to the guys, I made $20 on that gig. I ran clubs for seven years. That's what my play is about. I always paid those guys, man. Yeah. You, you told, I tell you to come up in the city and do a show for me. I'm giving you $500. My door was only $200. You go right in the register, put a slip in there, $300 for the band, and you pay the band. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is that a good way to run business? Is it better to be the guy who pays me $20? No, I, I can't look like that. I can't live like me opening up for a guy from uh, Steely Dan and I get paid $20. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. the guy wants me back. I said, no, man, you're a nice, you know. You got to be careful when you talk negative on, on, on these things, you know. Yes. I had right. my source out there and I was kind of like joking around and I was saying it would do better. Instead of saying Big Pussy's Marinara, it's Big Pussy's Marijuana Sauce, you know. <laughs> Uh, and and the guy actually uh, has been sending me emails because like we did cease and desist because the product went out of business. He says I hear you bad mouth of me in the stores, and I said, and my answer was and Don Rickles never let up on Sinatra. Why did you come over here and take the lunch and straighten this out? Get the hell out of here! You gotta be careful what you say. So you, I think your sauce would do much, much better if it was Big Pussy's marijuana sauce. Of course. Yeah. It's still legal now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can I tell you something? I, and I'm going to, this is product endorsement, so I hope I don't get in trouble. Little yeah. Steven. Little Steven, I love him. He's my brother. He sells pot. You he, go online, you can't get it shipped to Jersey. But you can go, he's got a store in Vermont, he's got a store in Massachusetts. Now, when you get online, there's all the other good stuff the teas and the, all this holistic goods that Steven's selling, but he's also selling pot, and I smoked it, and it was good shit. I should, uh, hope, I should hope so. He's selling pot? It, you tell me uh, little Steven's selling pot, and I'm picturing like him, him selling dime bags out of his garage. Like his- no, it ain't like that, man. You just make packages. Wait a second. When I was, the, one of the good things about that club that I played where the guy gave me 20 bucks, yeah. a certain person, I'm not saying her name, Handed me a, like this vial. I said, what's that? 
and there were two long joints in it. Yeah. And it was Stevens. It was it said pow something or shit. And she said, Don't smoke them before you sing. <laughs> and it's good shit. Yeah. And everybody's doing it. I'm endorsing a new product, the C B D oil, what do you call them? C B D oil. They make you sleepy. That's about it. Yeah. I, took, mm-hmm. I take a couple before I sleep. They're a little yeah. dumb stuff. I'm endorsing that. So we're going into a different wave now. I was watching um Public Enemy the other day with Tagney. That's mm-hmm. prohibition. They were killing people back then. They ain't killing nobody over no pot. No. 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 As a as a uh, as a longtime pothead, I call C B D oil uh O'Doul's. <laughs> it don't do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. No, but I, but don't, but don't. Uh, that you got to edit that out because I'll get in trouble because they're all guys pull it up. He'll come up and fucking shoot you in the back. Yeah, right. You better edit that out. I, I'm, in, I'm in, I'm in South Philly right now. That's where I live, so I can, uh, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Well, keep it in, but uh, I didn't say nothing bad about the oil. You said it. That's right. <laughs> so you got, you better take that back. You better say, listen. No, no, no. I no, I do know. I do know. I, I it do. You, it's nice. It's calm. It, Let me it, tell you something. I popped one, and my next dog neighbor popped one, and she started looking good to me. So there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> you That's sure that the was, endorsement. You sure That's that wasn't right a... There. Quaalude. The next day, I woke up and she was walking by with the dog, and I was grumpy. She's, "What's the matter?" I said, "I got a hangover." So it bothered me, but not because of the gummy I ate, because of everything else I decided to do as well. Yeah, and it wasn't orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> so you start, you start drinking. See, that's the problem. When I was in the club business, and I'm like I said, I'm working on my play. It wasn't so much the blues. It was everything else that made you drink the blues, smoking a reefer, doing the coke. And, mm-hmm. and the club owners encouraged that. I mean, I remember I was running a club in 1967, and we had behind the bar Ripple, Boone's Farm, all this cheap wine, because everybody was smoking pot, and they were drinking vodka, and a lot of vodka, but they were not touching scotch. They were not touching whiskey or bourbon. Because they were all smoking pot, you know. And uh, in fact, I met my first wife because she came in. I was a DJ, but on Friday nights I would work. Uh, my first wife, my only wife. It's, she's a Jersey girl. Um, I, I on Friday nights I would tend bar to supplement my income, and she was at the bar, and I know she just ran smoking. So I gave her a coke. She wanted a coke. I, I kept putting cherries. And then she, I said to her, you like the music? She says, yeah, but the guy who plays on Thursday is better. And I said, that, <laughs> I said, that's me. Oh, that's great. That's great. What, so kind, then, what kind of stuff were you playing? Were you playing dance music? Me? Yeah. The kind of music I played? Yeah, what were you playing? Oh, uh, the football was big back then, and so was the capital in the Passaic and in Port Chester. Mm-hmm. And I would catch these concerts, and I would come to the club, and I would try to get Derek and the Dominoes. I was just listening to Richie, Richie Havens, um, um, you know, um, Paul Butterfield, um, The Who, all this stuff uh, that was playing back then that we were so... Uh, 
Joe Cockham, Mad Dog's an Englishman. Wow, so I yeah. come to the club and say, well, last night I was at the Capitol Theater and this is what you heard. Boom. And you do a mix, Santana, into Joe Cockham. And, all, and I, all of a sudden, my night's gone, you know? Yeah. And I had a pocket. But then all of a sudden, the club said to me, and this and, and Marty was my best friend. He said, we're going to disco. I said, I quit. <laughs> so uh, I went and worked. Uh, at Petrie's for Lewis for a while and managed his disco but I said I'm going to open up my own club and I wound up getting a divorce and the money I left over from divorce I went over and I bought a club for $500 for $500? wow yeah it was like a bar that nobody went in in for two years and I called up my partners my investor I said I just bought a a bar at Sunday Avenue you bought that dump? I said yeah what are you going to do with it? I said we're going to fix it up so we invested about 30000 into uh, fixing it up, and then we opened it up. And the first year was kind of slow because I was doing country western music. Now, I guess you can do country western music in Manhattan, but you can't do it in Nourishville, New York. No. <laughs> no. Unless you have the bull. This is true. So my friends around the corner opened up a place. It was called a foreign and They changed it to Dallas. They put a bull in there. And everybody was going over with all the girls to ride the bull. And I said, it's in my play. And I said, uh, F the bull. Uh, let's go after rock and roll. And I swear to God, I went down to Jersey and I brought back Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And I rocked. I watched the loop in the bad boys. I came back with the bangs. Lost, the, lost in the shuffle or something. I think that's what they were called. I had the... the uh, uh, what was that drummer he played with Bruce? Uh, um, Vinny Lopez, Mad Dog? No, the one before that, the black guy, and I think he had a group called the Fairliners or something like that. The guy who was on Born to Run, was Vinny Lopez on Born to Run? No, Max Weinberg was... Uh... No, no, it was the freestyle. The black guy. I brought him up. I brought George Thies up, who played... In the Castiles with Bruce. Mm-hmm. So I'm a music historian. And the place rocked. And then I had bands from Tri-State. We rocked seven years. Yeah. I'm a historian on music. If you put me on Jeopardy, I'd probably win a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Was it Ernest Carter, by the way? Was that the uh, the drummer? Yeah. Yeah. See that? Mm-hmm. And I had uh, JT Bowen up there at my club. Who played with Clarence of the Red Bank Rockers? Mm-hmm. Who's still around? Um, I was bringing music up from Jersey, and it, and they were singing. And then I was going to the village and bringing a lot of music up from Bleecker Street. And then I, uh, I grabbed a lot of Westchester acts, and I I, I only played original music. Oh, that's the good. That musicians could only play. I didn't want. I didn't never hire. Uh, the only time you had covers was on a jam on Tuesday night. If yeah. you get covers. Yeah. But, but if I booked your band, uh, except for the fusion bands, I mean, I didn't know too much what was an original, what was a song. But if they were doing, you know, George Benson or something, then I knew it was a cover. Mm-hmm. But but uh, I had a band called Street Kid and Benny Harrison's out of Jersey. Uh, they played at my club for five years. And they only played their own music. And once in a while, they did a Doobie Brothers or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I encouraged, I encouraged uh, Black. Which is great because you get 
especially South Jersey and Philly, where I am, like just coming up, it's such a huge cover band market and they make so much more money than original bands. And it just, you just, yeah, because the people want to dance. And they want to dance. They want to hear that the song they know. But it's there's so much talent that that doesn't get out there because they're hearing the same ten songs over and over again. Well, Michael Perioli has a band. I don't. Know, I forget what his name is. It's gonna be mad if watching this. And it's a trio, and he's doing all original music. And he's picking the venues that want to hear original music. Yeah. You know, where I run around with my band, the Gangster Squad, and we do covers, you know. We do mm-hmm. Van Morrison, we do The Stone, you know. Um, we do some standards with me. You know, um, that's, the, you know, and that, is it marketable? Yeah, we, we do it, right? We're doing Dow's House. We, we're doing the Wonder Bar uh, July 17th. Oh. You know, with Freehold Outdoor Concert in September 14th. So we're getting gigs, and I, what happens when I go south, I grab my Jersey musician, Richie on sax, Sammy on drums, you know, sometimes Benny Harrison. Uh, I bring my Jersey because it's hard to bring my Westchester guys down there. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. I'm having a lot of fun with the music. What's your, fav- what's your favorite song? What's your favorite cover to play live? Uh, me, I like Sit Right Down by a Big Joe Turner. Sit Right Down, write myself a letter. Mm-hmm. Because I can play with that. I play with that song. And then sometimes Tommy Border Blues comes up after that and he's I got a letter and he does Joe Cocker a letter. You know? It's a nice segue. Yeah. See, in my head when I'm on stage, I come up with the system called the cards. I kinda learned it from uh well, I don't want to say Bruce. I when I we used to go to a lot of the concerts, some one day somewhere I picked up his set list. It was a copy. You yeah. know, there's probably some 50 uh, going out to everybody. And I took it home. I got a frame. Oh, I gave it to my daughter. Yeah, I, I, he, didn't, he didn't stick to his syphilis. No. He played those songs. Mm-hmm. He was, those guys got to be able, when he turns around, all of a sudden, because I was with him one night down in Florida, and me and Dion was sitting in the back eating, and Bruce came over, and he said, Dion, you're going to do Glory Days. And Dion was working on Glory Days. And little, you know, and all of a sudden uh, we went out and Bono was there. He was with Dave Stewart and they did Because of the Night. And Dion goes up to do Glory Days and Bruce turns around. He says, no. And Dion comes down and he looks at me, Dion. And he says, Bruce cut my song. I says, I, I don't know. Maybe he wants me to do something else. And then Bruce turned around like two songs later and he said, where's Dion? And he brought Dion up and he did acoustic. If I should fall behind. Because that's what song Dion sings that song mm-hmm. on his album. Oh, I didn't know that. It was so, yeah, it was yeah. so nice. That's a, that's a sweet song. Yeah. Dion, Dion's play was very successful. The Wanderer it was at the, uh, uh, the Paper Mill Playhouse. Now, you guys. And um, little Stephen got involved with production. And uh, Stephen and Maureen invited me to open a night. And we would, and the back of the bedroom is like this uh, little cabin, and they have a bar in there for VIP people. And I went in, and they said, No, you're going upstairs. And I went upstairs, and uh, I said to uh, my friend Sammy, Samantha, I said, Who's that? He said, That's John Hammond Jr. Oh, wow. Wow. And I said, But I, I, I felt a little nervous about going into this myself. That's the kind of people that were up there. 
And I was talking to Dion, and I've been following Dion's music for the longest time because my cousin was a Belmont. My cousin followed us transfer. He was oh, wow. a Belmont. So me and Dion go way back. And I watched this play. And at the end of the play, Dion turned around and he stepped in front of his wife. And he says, what would you think? I said, you inspired me. Dion's play, not so much Bronx Hill, Dion's right, play. Right. Because music and the time period and what his character in the play, what Dion went through in real life, his drug abuse, and then to become a Christian, he hasn't, he's been clean and sober for 50 years. Oh, wow. See, the play is beautiful because it opens with him, and I didn't know it, doing drugs with the Belmont. I mean, I knew my cousin was. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why he got kicked out of the band, some shit that like that, excuse me. But I didn't know Dion was doing drugs that early. I heard he was, but that was later. But in the play, he's doing it from the top of the play. And the play ends up, he's playing and sober, and he's singing Abraham Martin's John. Oh, that's <laughs> crazy. And the Tommy, uh, what was it, the, the Smothers Brothers show. Mm-hmm. That's how the play ends. And I saw Dion, I told him, I said, me and my wife saw you at the bitter end, and you had a cap on. Yeah, you would ask, and he did all acoustic. Yeah. He, a lot, a lot of those early rock guys, because of uh, their schedules, and they would they would just be playing one nighters all over the country. A lot of those early rock guys were were into drugs pretty early on, just just to maintain the schedule. I feel like, like a lot of them, like you know, like Jerry Lee Lewis and Orbison and Johnny Cash. It was all speed back then. And and but it wasn't. Uh as open as now, like now we know, you know, and I'm friends with Steven. Steven's in rehab. Yeah. Okay. Fell off the wag. Uh, I was doing a movie with Matthew Perry and right in the middle of the movie, Seven Sarah. He had a check at the rehab. Um, it's not like the end of the world now. But back right. then, uh, you know, you watch a thing like the Gene Krupa story with Sal Minio. Like I said, I'm a film historian um, and a music historian. And, and you see that you know, he was smoking the weed, and they made a big thing out of it. Yeah. Then he started doing coke, you know, Gene Krupa. But even just the weed back then was taboo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. But anyway. Yeah. It's, um, so... The conversation's got anything to do with me getting on it at the back of Mammoth Arts. Well, we were... No, no, no! I didn't, I didn't, I didn't forget. But this is listen. It's a rock and roll show. Um, no, I, I'm glad you brought that up, though. You are being honored. Uh, the Mammoth Arts Council is honoring you. Uh, it's their 50th anniversary. Uh, you are being honored alongside David Burke and Jake Clemens and uh, Jake Clemens from the E Street Band. Um, you can buy tickets to this. Uh, it is the Golden Celebration. It's taking place on September 23rd in Oceanport, New Jersey. I'll, I'll give this address out again at the end, but you can get tickets. Uh, the evening's musical guests, uh, one of them. Uh, so this is a great name, the Moroccan Sheep Herders. Do you know anything about this band, Vincent? I don't think they know my music. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we, you can, I already suggested, you know, uh, you know, uh, maybe stand by me. I don't know if they, they know. what's the name of the band? 
the Moroccan sheep herders. No, you know, I'm I'm sure it's sure. like uh, maybe it's like an all star. Yeah, it's a different name. I mean, I gotta look it up on uh, the internet and see what kind of. I'm sure. You know what? I bet they play a lot of covers. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Right. right. They gotta get people dancing and stuff, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You you can get tickets to the event at mammothearts.org backslash golden celebration and uh tickets start at 185 dollars but this is um so you're i i was curious because you're a you're a new york guy i mean obviously you're you're famous the sopranos is uh as as new jersey as a television show can be but um you you've got to be they got to consider you some kind of honorary uh, New Jersey and for I, I said to Teresa um, who asked me uh, to uh, be involved with this the first time back I said I'm not from New Jersey that was my first answer yeah. I said I'm honored but I'm not from New Jersey and her answer is she says you have been adopted by the state of New Jersey yeah that was her answer yeah and then she said and Jake is doing it and I said well I'm on board because listen I'm just as much as a groupie as everybody else. You know, Jake is with Eastie. You know, I, I, I belong with Jake. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Did, did you know? It's a good combo, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Did Did you know Steven uh, before The Sopranos? Did you know him from your club days? No, I would go down and see them play as much as I can, could. Um, I, uh, I had run into Bruce a couple of times, but, um, down in, in Asbury, uh, but not, you know, to be able to uh, do anything about it. Uh, we were doing something, there was a back of, there was a bar in back of the Tony and, um, we were doing a gig there with the bangs and Bruce showed up. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. But, but, um, Steven was walking down Ninth Avenue, and I'm walking up Ninth Avenue, and he looks at me, and he had his thing on, his gurag on, and I looked at him, and I had just come off of Gotti, and he's smiling at me. See, everybody saw Gotti, what I'm on a sign on HBO. Yep. And that's why I got on Sopranos. Everybody saw Gotti, and I was HBO. So I looked at Steven, he looked at me. The next time I see him without a table read, and we're reading the roles the Sopranos and he was already close with Sirico. He knew Tony. Yeah. He didn't know we didn't know Jimmy that well. I had, you know, seen Jimmy around. Um but I was already close with Tony and Michael from my life. Mm-hmm. You know? And um then we met Steven and we just clicked. We all clicked. Uh one day we were shooting down in Nutley we had our own little trailers, and I had the doors open. I'm listening to Southside, you know? And Steven stuck his head, he's walking, he stuck his head in. But now he's Sylvia, you know? Yeah. I produced that out. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Steven. And I also know about little Steven and the Disciples of Soul. Now, this was before he reorganized. Right. I didn't know about I used to come see him, at Radio City. I said, I got you mentioned in my play. He said, do not. So Stephen and I connected. 
And when he did the Rascals uh, for What's Kind of Dream, yes. uh, he had me go on the road with the guys. You know, he gave me a budget, and I was on the road with Eddie and Felix, Dino, and uh, who's the other guy? Oh, I know, I know Felix. Jesus. Oh, man, he's going to be bad because he's a church. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eddie Bugatti. Felix Cavalieri, yes. Dino Valenti, and who's the guitar player? Come on. Uh, I can look he wears the hat. Look it up, man. He's going to be mad. Yeah. He's not listening. I'm almost positive. Yes, he is. He's the fourth rascal. He's <laughs> four of them. Here it is. Uh, Danny Weiss? No. Danny Weiss? No. He's stuck. Gene Cornish? Yes, Gene Cornish. Gene Cornish. That's it. Yeah. And we were on the road together. We had fun. It's amazing that... I met Al Cooper. I met Al Cooper, and I met... Who's the guy from... Uh, so bad. Jay Giles. Peter what? Oh, Peter Wolf. Peter yeah, Wolf. Oh, man, I love Peter. Peter Wolf is... Uh, Peter Wolf has some amazing solo records that, mm-hmm. that nobody's heard. Um, he, he he would sing when when Little Stevens like in the area. And Peter Wolf gets up there and sing for. Yeah, he was Have great. Have you guys ever seen the uh, Disciples show? I, I, show? I haven't seen them, but I I'm. No, wonder why he's not going back on tour. You guys don't want to support him. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was too ticket shy of getting another tour. Yeah. Um, I, but you know, I live, I live in Asbury. So one, one of you, you talk about the stone pony. One of the exciting things is so what was the name of the bar back of the stone pony in the eighties? Excalibur. I don't, I, I mean, I'm in the eighties. I, I was, I was a kid in the eighties. Um, but one of the exciting things about the pony is like, every time you're there, you're like, is someone going to show up? Is Bruce going to drop in? Is, is little Steven going to drop in? I remember being there for uh, Mike Ness from Social Distortion concert. Mm-hmm. And Bruce played a couple songs on his album. So you were like, is he going to pop in? And then he did. And, and they played two songs. We got Willie Nile coming up on a Friday night at the Wonder Ball mm-hmm. next week. Fourth of July weekend. And then Grisecki, Joe Grisecki is playing Saturday. So everybody thinks Bruce is going to be there for the weekend. And it's a light of day thing. It all started from light of yes. day because he was so supportive of light of day. He messed up eighty percent of those shows yeah. over the last twenty years for, for Bobby Benjamin. And um, I got involved through Bocce. Bocce brought me down. Tony Amato brought me down to. Uh, they were doing it at the Pony, and Bruce was hosting on a Saturday, and me and Gary and the Spons were doing Sunday. And that's when I met Bruce because he showed up with Patty and we started talking. And then because he knew me, uh, um, he knew me from the Soprano. Yeah. I, I really got, I really was able to talk to him when Stevie said to me, we had a after party at John's pizza, uh, the first season. And, and, and Stevie said, you want to meet Bruce? And he walked me up the, the stairway and I thought I was meeting the king. Yeah. You know, it's, am- it's amazing, right? Yeah, but then, you know, then I got enough balls where he's doing Light of Day with Prosecchi and I run out on stage and he's doing Murder Incorporated and I'll act like I was shooting it. 
<laughs> He's got a good sense of humor, though, right? Yeah, but the next year we're in the dressing room. You know, they they were hanging out with they drinking their tequila for Trump. And uh, I said, "You doing murder incorporated tonight?" And I smiled. He said, "No." <laughs> I um he he I was at a doing a comedy competition once in Red Bank. I don't I think Chip maybe I've said this before, but I was doing a comedy competition and uh Bruce just happened to be there. We were sitting I was our backs were to each other at the bar and I kept thinking like oh that guy's voice sounds familiar. And then at some point we both kind of turned around and I realized it was Bruce and then he was like holy shit that's probably uh Krantz. Um <laughs> But uh, he got to talking with the comics and everybody was playing it very cool. Nobody was like, oh, my God, I'm your biggest fan. He he was like, oh, are you guys the comedians? And we started talking about comedy and he's a big fan of comedy. And he was telling us about how much he he, he respected comedy and Lenny Bruce because, you know, like the First Amendment and all that. And I remember thinking and then he was like, hey, what time's the show start? And we were like 15 minutes and he was like, oh, maybe I'll stick around and watch. And then my mind was blown like, holy shit, I'm going to get to do stand up for Bruce. And I, I was the first comic up. So I was like, even if I walk him, I still get to say I did stand up for Bruce. And then one of these like open mic comics pulled out his phone and was like, hey, Bruce, can I get a picture? And then, you, and then you saw he, he just like yeah. deflated. You saw yeah, his body. He, didn't, he was there as himself and yep. he was trying to have a good time yep. and all of a sudden, boom, he yep. gave a photo off. And that's, yeah, and that's that, the stuff that bothers me as well. Yeah. If you're trying to go out and be yourself and be civilized and just go out and have dinner with your friends and stuff, there's ways of doing it. Like last time in the diner, I came home from class and what? Talking to the owner, the Greek guy, we're having taking pictures with different people. That's different. Mm-hmm. But if I'm sitting there and um, I'm with my wife or even my kids, yeah. I, but, you know, yeah. one night I was in um, uh, in Baltimore, the Italian section, having uh, a lunch with my daughter and, and a mother and uh, my son-in-law. And my daughter, my granddaughter, is like was at that time she was like eight years old. This lady kept saying, "Big pussy, big pussy." I said, it's Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. You want to yeah. take a picture? You know? You want, what am I going to do? Be a prick? Because she would have walked away and said, I'm that big pussy. And he was a prick. Yeah. Said, but you want to take a picture? I'll come right over. And I took a picture. And then my granddaughter said, Why did they call you big pussy? <laughs> 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 and you know what? It's like a lot people almost want you to be a prick because that's almost the better story, you know? So it's it's some of these people I feel like are walking away almost satisfied. Like, oh, I get to tell people Big Pussy was such a prick to me. We're doing um, a gig up in Pleasantville a couple of weeks ago called Lucy. First time we did that. We had a great crowd. And there was a guy there. And uh, from Mamaritic, and he was good friends with Kevin Dillon. And he was talking to me. Every time people see me and they're friends with Kevin, we talk about Kevin because everybody knows Kevin got me in a business. Right. People say it was Maddie, but it was Kevin. It was the both of And this guy won't shut up. And he's blah, 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 bl
He was drinking, and I understood it. And then he sent me a text, I'm coming up with Stephanie. It turned out to be that Stephanie, who was Kevin's first wife, is now this guy's wife. And she wants to meet me. What am I going to say? I don't want to meet you because you're not with Kevin no more. Yeah. You know, it can't be like that. So I come up, have a good time. But then all of a sudden you realize that uh, you're making people happy. Mm-hmm. You're making people happy on what you do, whether it's stand-up, uh, acting, singing. You're making right. people happy. Huh? And, and there ain't much money in this business. Let's, let's, you know, you get in Maverick with Tom Cruise. Uh, but uh, as long as you're happy, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a it's a yeah, great yeah. attitude. And then, well, that's why you know when not because so much that Jake's uh, getting on as well. But I said to myself, I think this is insane that here I am. I'm gonna I'm, I'll be seventy six. Uh, that I came uh, from being a DJ and running clubs and owning a club and then having a desire to be an actor and start off doing small parts and extra work. And uh, last week I was sitting next to Bobby reading the script and in September I'm with you guys and I'm going to get on and uh, down where Big Pussy got whacked. See, Big Pussy yeah. got whacked at Mama Beach, yeah. right? Yes. People don't know that. They think he got whacked at Asbury. People no, think he Asbury. got whacked at Mama The dream sequence was Asbury, right? Right, but yeah. then when Pussy was walking up the dock, that we shot that mammoth. Yeah. And the boat was docked there, and then we pull out, right? But then we didn't get the, um, the exterior shot of the bag going in the water. Yeah. So we shot that with exterior shots at Jones Beach. And then we shot interiors at Silver Cup. They actually built a boat. Oh, wow. How, uh, how upsetting was it? How upsetting was it for you when you found out they were, they were killing you off? Well, let me tell you something. I was working on, on this, probably one of the best roles and written for, written for me. Yeah. Gotti wasn't written for me. I auditioned for that and we did a movie. But David Chase, after the pilot, he wrote for Michael, he wrote for Sirico, he wrote for Jimmy, he wrote for us. You know? So to be able to come out of that and, and be honored, um, from the guys, yeah, all right. Uh, I had to leave because they killed me, but hey, I had the Daily News and the New York uh, Post sitting in my house down a corner at an apartment I had. They were watching the final episode too because they didn't know I was going to get killed. Nobody knew it. Yeah. They would not let the public know what was going to happen that episode. So I came off of a ride, you know. I was disappointed that, you know, I'm not on the show no more, but I went out to do other things. Like Sturban Sour, like like the Hurricane Maid, mm-hmm. you know, working with Danny DeVito, uh, Danny Aiello a lot. You know, my life became okay. I wouldn't have taken it well. I would have still showed up. You know, like when they were, sh- I'd still show up on set. Like you know, when you're in, you would show up, show up and like hope they're gonna write you, know, you back in. You know, you know how like when uh, you go to high school parties and the kid that graduated last year shows up, like the college, the out. college kid still hanging out at the uh, high school party with his varsity That's jacket. That's different because that was- you're an alumni. <laughs> yeah, but if you go there looking for a job, listen, listen. he's not watching the show. He's one of my students. He's a good student. Yeah. I see him on the set the other day. I'm working on Grey's Anatomy. What are you doing? 
He was there early, way out Long Island. He says, oh, I got invited to the set. I said, you working today? No, I worked there a couple of days, two weeks ago, a couple of days. I said, what'd you play? I played the drug dealer. Oh, okay. I said, okay, how you doing, all right? And he's hanging around all day. You know, and I don't mind because he's watching me work and everything, but he's looking for a job. Yeah, yeah. And there was a girl on another movie I did, and she was one of my students. She was doing the same thing. Finally, I went like this, come here. You're in the scene with me. What are you going to do? And I put her in the scene. <laughs> oh, that's good. Because that's what they want. What are you going to be selfish? If you can do it, you do it. Yeah. You know? But I told this kid, you shouldn't hang around him. That looks bad. No, I got to fight him. It looks like you're hungry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you enjoy teaching? Do you, do you enjoy getting into it with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like it a lot. Yeah, I like the response after you know, like Killer Joe was sings with me in my band. He has his own band. It's called Killer Joe. Uh, his real name is Joe Farrar. He's one of my students, and Batman, his bass player, he's one of my students. And I, I like the fact that I, I'm able to cross over with these guys, and they and they they learn the and 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 Killer Joe was in the Irishman and. Um, no, and Batman just did a play. Um, I like to say, hey, that's your world, but this is another world, and it should mesh. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, uh, there's a, a lot of good actors who can sing and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark Anthony, wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful. He did some great movies. Yes, and he's a great, and he's a talent. You know, he's he's uh, and he's underrated. You know, Mark. So it's good to teach. Uh, the, the hard thing is to teach somebody who's never don't know anything about prayer. But you got to be patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you got because everybody can learn. You got to be patient. You know. And I, I'm sure you probably get something out of it. Like I, a couple of years ago, I started teaching a stand-up class and I've been doing stand-up for 15 years and I, I started teaching a class and I feel like I get so much out of it because it brings it back to, even when I have to be patient, it's like bringing it back to the basics. So then I get to sort of rethink it in slow motion. And I feel like it helped, it's helped me the past few years teaching it. Yeah, but it helps make you a better comedian because you're understanding your craft, but you're breaking everything down. Yeah, uh, it's like when I um, when I was offered to read with uh, De Niro last week, uh, uh, I said, "Send me the script," and I did the same thing. I teach my students: you got to read the script, you got to break it down, you put your pads in what your scenes are, you underline your lines, you put your intentions. Uh, is it negative or positive? How are you thinking? What is your objective? You put all that down, and I'm not the only guy who works like that because when I went in to read. And the girl was handing out new scripts. And I said, is it the same as this? And she said, yeah. I said, well, I want to use my script. And then when Bobby came in, he said, is it the same as this? And that's what we do. You yeah. bring your home. Yeah. You, do, you got to do your homework. Like, I got to learn. I, I'm not going to show you. I got to learn some lines. And as soon as I get off talking to you guys, I got to get back into learning the lines because I, I, I'm expected to learn those lines. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, acting is I've 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 done very little. I've done a couple things here and there, and I uh, it, it's hard. It feels like a lot of pressure. Job for you. Well, yeah, I want to do the life of John Belushi, and then you got the part. 
<laughs> there it is. I love it. I, uh, see, he can play Jim Bluch. Yeah. You play you play John who dies from an overdose out in LA in that hotel. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if my only if my only scene could be the death scene and you don't give me lines, that would be no, perfect no, for somebody no, in no, my town. My whole career. <laughs> it's like last night I got this kid doing a scene uh, from a place so you did in the scene. I said, what makes him act so straight when he's on coke? I said, well, we don't know that. You got to take out a bag of coke. You got to do a hit once in a while. Because we don't know you're acting that way. He says, well, I don't do it in front of a girl. I said, well, do it after she leaves. You know, keep keep touching your nose. Do, do the same. No, I didn't right? want him to play that. I didn't want him to play that. I want him to play when he yelled at us, get the hell out of my eye. And he came out of nowhere. That's what people who are high do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she leaves. You sure? And she gives him back the Hattie game when she storms out. I said, now go for the coke. And he took out a bag because I went over. And I said, because I'm, you know, it's my class. I said, what's in there? I licked it. I said, it's like sugar. He says, you tell me what the butt in the baby like. That's okay. That won't hurt you. So, <laughs> so when he did this scene, it, it's like, chase, he chased the girl out. Now he's alone. Which means he can get high. He's alone. Then the phone rings, and it's his father. And his father wants to know where's this four thousand dollars that's missing from from the box in the living room. And he says, "I took it." He went out and bought drugs. So it topped off the scene. Yeah, you understand? Mm-hmm. It topped off the scene. Um, I was working with uh, Killer Joe on Requiem for Heavyweight. I said, "No, we're not ending the scene. I want you to get up and walk out the door." And say to um, Army, your 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 trainer, come on, let's get out of here. Slam the door, and then I said, I want to continue the scene. And I said uh, to Paulie from Staten Island, stand up and say, Are you okay? To the woman who he screams out, and she says, I'm okay. And I ended the scene there, and that's what you do. It's not a script. That's what you do. Yeah. So to get back to it, I think you'll be a great. Belushi, I'll direct. <laughs> I'm in. Um, but I felt like the the little experience I've had with acting. Like, uh, Chip, you look like Ruth Farrell. Yes, I've got that. I'll, and I'll oh, take that. Funny. I'll take do a sequel, and uh, I'm in. I'll do a sequel to Elf? Yeah, I'll, I'll totally do it. So, I got the type. Teddy, what do you say before I cut you off? This is going to uh, be like a family owl. One. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I was saying to me acting, uh, it just felt like I was constant. It just felt like you're all constantly letting people down. That that's what it felt like to me. I I um I wrote. We started filming it. We didn't finish. We kind of ran out of movie. But me and my writing partner wrote a screenplay, a comedy. And I just had a bit part in it, and I was I hated every second of. Uh, Why? It it just felt you had a room full of people watching you, and you were expected to. And and I wrote the lines, and and I supposed to see the people in the room. Right. Well, you think when I'm working on uh, on a film, I see that camera in front of me? No, no, you build the fourth wall up. Blinders. Yeah. You put up a fourth wall. You have the third wall. You got one, two, three. Whatever's in back of you, what's in back of you is that red part. Whatever's to your left or whatever to your right. And me, I'm your fourth wall. So where is your fourth wall? It's an extension of your room. It's not me to uh, your vision. Right. So when you when you're acting and you have that backdrop in back of you and you're acting to the to the people in the audience. You're not, you, you're not acting to them. Maybe one person. Maybe you pick that one person 
Or like last night when my uh, one of my guys did network, when he, I want you to stand up and everybody, they were all getting up yelling out the window. People were coming up saying, what's going on up there? Um, I said, you guys are going to give me fine. But that's different because you're reacting to an audience like you with comedy. Right. See, one of the things about uh, scene work, if you're doing like something like The Odd Couple, you don't know when people are going to laugh. In fact, uh, I'm doing a play called Painting X's on the Moon, and it's kind of good fellowish. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, when I take the gun out to kill this guy, and I said, Did you have my wife? It's like Rachel Bolt. And for people laugh at that. <laughs> well, you know, it's the, it's the same thing with Stan. It's the what? same thing with stand-up because I we get we get laughs at places you don't expect. So um, I I find the the, the, the filthiest joke the, the more laughs you're gonna get. Um, it depend it depends on the crowd. It depends on the energy in the room. I I don't like to um, I don't like to be graphic. I I talk about like dark fucked up things, but I don't like to go into graphic detail. Other other comments. Uh, like my friend Bill Bajani, uh, he's stand up. He always pinpoints his wife, whether she's there or not in the audience. He always talks my wife and this, my wife. It's like a Rodney Dangerfield bit. Do you pinpoint any particular person? Uh, in in the audience, or you mean in my in my act? Yeah, in your act. Oh, um. I my my uh, I I reference my daughter a lot, or in in the crowd I'll I'll find one person that that seems like they're having fun and I'll just try and focus on them. Oh, okay. But I I, I can't. It's uh, you know what I'm sure Chip will say the same thing. Like if there's a hundred people in the room and ninety nine of them are laughing and there's one lady sitting with her arms crossed. Yeah, you gotta go say why are you not laughing? Yeah, that's that's all oh, yeah. I can say. And that used to scare me or like upset me. And now I get excited for it. When I see that, it's like, okay, that's my challenge. That's what I get to play with right now. I, I also, I learned to stop taking it personally because mm-hmm. I, it took me yeah. years to realize like she maybe just didn't like, maybe she had a terrible day. You know, like maybe there's other things going on in her life and she's in her own head. And so then you should cheer her up. Yeah. I, yeah. I think when I was doing the stand up, uh, I was bringing people on stage and have them say, do a skit from Sopranos. You're Camilla and you're Tony. You found a leg in the bed. What's this leg? You know? And that was what I was doing. And I, I could never do what you guys do, 45 minutes. I will never, never, never. I yeah, I, I bet you could. It's- no, no, no. I, I, you know, I, I respect comedians, you guys, but it's, it's, that's hard, man. How was the longest you ever did, Chip? Uh, probably an hour, hour 10, maybe. And that, that's wow. long. Like usually, it's it's forty five or so. I think yeah. one or two times. Why did you do now ten? What were you doing? Like the Shriners Club or something? <laughs> yeah, right. Just just try, trying to trying to drag it out. No, it was for my my first album recording. I did. I oh. wanted to. Yeah, so it was, it was live. Yeah, so it was live. Yeah, my first. So you time. wanted to get it in there. Okay, yeah. Kenny. What about you? I I would say the same hour hour ten, but yeah. it's it's yeah. usually. Yeah. Can't go more than an hour. No, no. 
No, I, I, I get tired of talking that long. Like, I don't want to hear myself after an hour. Yeah, 45 is, I feel like even my favorite fact, comedians, I like you hit 45, you're done. I'm going to tell him, I'm going to pull the Steve McQueen. I don't want, I don't want many lines. Steve hated mine. Yeah. He yeah. watched any of his movies. He didn't want to learn. He wanted to, he wanted to be the guy, but he yeah. didn't want to worry about lines. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um. Oh, you know what I wanted to bring up? Uh, the music in The Sopranos. Yeah. The music in The Sopranos was so uh, it, it was almost like another character. The 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 way I I, I don't know how uh, I mean I know there's there's somebody picking them, but I'm sure David had a lot of input. Well, da- it was David because yeah. David was a musician. He did his the vial not right, straight he, away. He was like a drummer or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, if you see the original pilot. Mm-hmm. which nobody sees and the pilot which was released the music is totally different there wasn't the same theme song it was totally different music and there was a associate producer his name is Marty Martin Breslin I think his name was he was really influential with music and Stephen helped out a lot oh yeah I'm sure Stephen helped out a lot when I talked to Stephen who decided to use early early Van Morrison then he said it was me you know, and then when you hear uh, a Southside song or you hear um, a, a, a Disciples of Soul song, there's a couple of times that uh, you hear those songs. Uh, you know that Stephen had a lot to do with that. Yeah. I, I remember realizing how big the show had become when um, there was a, uh, there's a scene with uh, James Gandolfini and he's uh, dancing with um, Annabella Sciorra. And um, there, the music in the background is a very—it's like a very uh, deep cut by the Rolling Stones that Keith sings, called "Through and Through." And I saw the Stones at the Garden maybe a month after that episode aired, and Keith played it, and he introduced it, saying, "I completely forgot this song existed until The Sopranos reminded me." And then and then he played he played. That was little Steven. Yeah. Keith also did "Waiting for a Friend," which is the song "Waiting for a Call," which is the song in uh, the last episode that I was in mm-hmm. because it was all about the the calling cards. What's the song? "Waiting for a Friend." Not waiting, waiting for waiting for a friend uh, yeah. is a stone. Is the song. A it's yeah. a stone song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Keith did it. And um, he was at um, the second season. Remember, my God, that's a picture one. He was a big soprano. Yeah. But I was yeah. like, that's when, when you've got, when you, when you've got the attention of the, the stone. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it was a huge soprano fan. Van Morris. Yeah. Huge soprano fan. Really? Kind of, I said, yeah. What happened is Ron Delsner from Live Nation introduced me from Stephen, Stephen Lee uh, brought me down from series, but we met Van. And uh, the first time I met Van, he just wouldn't stop asking me questions about Soprano. I swear to God. And uh, I have seen Van uh, many, many shows, but in the past few years, you wind up going backstage and hanging out with him because yeah. he loves the Sopranos. He's, he lo- and he's very, very nice 
to me because of because of my uh, my acting. Yeah. So he respects that, and he's a sweetheart. And I tell him, yeah, my band plays a couple of your songs. He wants to know where's my check. <laughs> I do glory. I do glory. Yeah, that's I such. Do glory. A, yeah, I, I do glory. I was I was just listening to uh, an anthology uh, of them with Van Morrison, and it was like almost every song is is that good. Mm-hmm. That that guy. Yeah, and a lot of them were on The Sopranos. Yeah. You know, a lot of them were on The Sopranos. The early stuff. You know, who pulled that out? It was David, Martin, and then Steven. Yeah, the music. You know, it's like. Where did they get it from? Did they get it from Mean Streets? Did they get it from Goodfellas? When you back up um, uh, uh, a screen, a, a great movie, Color of Money, Robbie Robinson did the sound. Yep. He produced that with Marty. Um, and he had Clapton on that. Yes. Uh, you produce a great soundtrack, it brings a whole different color to the movie. Yeah. I think Scorsese nails it every like. uh that opening scene in Mean Streets uh, yeah. to be my baby by the Ronettes. Right. It's like it's the the scene is already perfect, and and then even, you add that, yeah. and it's even say you can't do that now because if you try to get the use of those songs now, you're gonna go for a lot. Back then, Marty was using all those songs because nobody. Nobody was getting paid for it. It wasn't so. a business back. I, I just, I read a funny story about, um, you know, they've, they've loosened up over the years, but Mick and Keith used to, like it used to cost an arm and a leg. I'm sure it still does to get a Stone song. And they licensed their music out to almost nobody. And um, in the Big Lebowski, they, they do... Um, they have dead flower. They dead do flowers. dead flowers, yeah. but it's not. It's not the Stones version. It's Town Van Zant's version. But you still need Mick and Keith's permission to. You still it's have to, right. Mm-hmm. So um, the musical director, the the whoever was uh, in charge of the music for the Big Lebowski, knew that the person in charge of like being the gateway to to licensing the Stones music hated the band the eagles so you know in that um in the big lebowski when jeff bridges is in the back of the taxi and he's like hey man i've had a hard fucking day and i hate the eagles you know telling him to turn the radio off they wrote that into the script hoping to curry favor with the the guy in the stones camp so they can get dead flowers in and it worked and he let them have it Instead of charging them, wow! <laughs> they just that line, which has been, uh, you know, it's it's quoted so many times. Because I hate the Eagles. Yeah, well, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't couldn't they get sued for that? If I say I hate the Eagles, I'll get sued. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they come after you. Yeah, you got to be careful what you say. I hate the Eagles. You could be saying the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Yeah. You know. You know, we gotta be careful. Yeah. Thank God. Well, I don't want to get it to Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just did an episode covering his music career, and, and it was actually those uh, those Hollywood vampire albums aren't bad yeah. at all. Jack Douglas produces that group. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jack was running around cheap trick. 
I didn't know that because uh, I know Jack. Jack did, uh, he was with uh, Double Fantasy with John Dodge. But he told me that, um, yeah, um, uh, Johnny Depp and Joe Perry, they have a chemistry. Yeah. In that band. They do. I don't know if it's because they're both on heroin, but they have a chemistry. The <laughs> <laughs> <A> vibe. <laughs> Um, do you think that you have how do you end the interview with that are you going to cut that out no we're not going to get in trouble let me tell you something Johnny Johnny Depp is a he's a wonderful actor this is amazing my favorite thing he ever did was Donnie Brasco uh, when I heard he was playing uh, 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 Stone because you know we were all into that book and script and and uh, Donnie Depp, and he pulled it off. That, 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 that movie's amazing. Well, yeah. I trust you, Donnie. I trust you, Donnie. I'm a spoke in a wheel. See, I can do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> he was also, uh, for me with Johnny Depp, it's a toss-up between Donnie Brasco and Ed Wood. I love it. I, I've seen Ed Wood in the Yeah, but I like, then I see, I like the gangster movies. Then I like what Johnny did to Black Mask. Yeah. Where he played Whitey Bulger. Yes. The wonderful actor. Yeah, that was and really he good. Fought. He made a lot of money with the Pirates, and he was in a mess, and he got himself out. So I don't care who's watching. I know a lot of my friends from Jersey are watching. Whether they love me or not, I'm going to say I'm glad that Johnny Depp yeah. got what he got. Yeah. Can I get in trouble for saying that? No. Yeah, not, I don't think so. No. I bet yeah. I got a lot of girls coming after me saying, big pussy this and big pussy that. <laughs> right right yeah hey, i'm not gonna ask you if you support trump i'm not gonna it's not, it's not my business yeah if, you know, that's how i feel when people say you support donald i said well you know think about it i i was on the apprentice with him mm-hmm. he supported me he gave my wife uh ex-wife for check fifty thousand dollars for charity oh yeah that's right do yeah. i like donald yeah i like donald a couple times he called me as a president do I support him? And, and, and you know what? I'm not even getting into that. Yeah. I'm not Bruce Springsteen. I'm not going public. Yeah, do you ever sit there at the Springsteen concerts, like, pointing at your watch? Like, come on, Bruce. Let's wrap it up. Are you serious? <laughs> Yeah, no, I know, I know. I've seen, I've yeah, seen him. The energy, but you know, he's it's, going back on tour. I don't know if he can do four-hour shows. He said he's killing everybody. Yeah. Yeah, you it's, know? it's that's a big uh, uh, that's a big show for hours, you know. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. uh, and if you haven't seen him live, it's it's there's nobody better. But um, you see, like there's bands half half their age that that can't play ninety minutes. No, I remember seeing. Uh, I band could do three sets. Yeah, Kenny. three sets. I'll give you three forty-five or two mm-hmm. one-hour shows. Yeah. That's what I could do. We just did, um, uh, not near you, but uh, at a country club, Stanton Country Club in White something, New Jersey. We just did that. And we did a country club. It was a good gig, you know? I thought I was doing a wedding, but, you know, you know, a lot of people dancing, but they were all on Viagra, you know? (laughs) Hopped up. I'm afraid to get him up there uh, to get him dancing, you know, the boogaloo and stuff. Because you think all of a sudden you're gonna have to get mouth to mouth. Listen, I 
listen. Um, um, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I got to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, no, no, no. It, yeah. It's fine. I, you know, it's one fifteen, and yep. um, um, I have a luncheon engagement. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Let me. Uh, let me. Let me tell people where to get tickets to the gala again. Again, it is September twenty third in Oceanport. Uh, Vinny's getting honored alongside celebrity chef David Burke, Jake Clemens from the E Street Band. Uh, tickets start at $185, and you can go to monmoutharts.org backslash golden celebration. And it's it's the Monmouth Arts Council uh, 50 years anniversary, and they're celebrating the arts. And what better way to do it with... Um, an actor in in the most New Jersey show ever made. You know, and, and thank you, Kenny. And I think there's like only 300 seats and the, and the money's going for a wonderful, wonderful cause. And I know there's going to be food drinks there. So oh, yeah. I don't know if you got to go in your pocket more for that, but it's going to be nice. And uh, and I do, I'm inviting a lot of my musician friends. Because, well, you know, I mean, this stuff because they want to meet Jake. They don't want to meet me. Yeah. <laughs> I may I may have to uh, I may have to get a ticket to that. And well, I'm, I'm gonna promo. They should give you a comp. I'll talk. To, I'll talk to Sammy. But yeah. you know, well, it's like a chip club. get to. I want to meet Chip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's get all there. We got to We got to talk about doing out film. I'm serious. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm ready. Well, I'm gonna say, listen. I got a whole new idea. Because Jimmy Khan can't. Jimmy's not feeling well. I'll play a tough guy, and you'll play. <laughs> Elf's cousin. I I love it. I'm in. You know, I'm, I'm you ready. just like him. It could yeah. be a prequel. It could, it could That's be. That's right. It's a yeah. prequel. Like yeah, the prequel. United States of Newark, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we go back. A yeah, gritty re reboot. I love it. I love it. So you're gonna play. You're gonna play Elf as younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. No, I'm gonna do that. no. You should come in. And, uh, trust me. You should come okay. in as like his, his brother. Who's like S nobody S knew he had a brother. Yeah, long lost brother. Send me the sides. I will. Uh, I'll study. I'll know the lines. I'm I, I ready. Just thought about this. Now you want me to write this? Script. Where'd you find this? <laughs> me, me and Chip. Me and Chip will write it. Yeah, um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get it done. I could do that. And, and don't forget the Gangster Squad because I know this is yeah. because the Gangster Squad is going to be at the Wonder Bar on Sunday, July seventeenth. You celebrate my seventy-sixth birthday. Oh, oh that's great. That's going to be yeah. And Definitely you, and you said out. September 14th in Freehold? Yeah, September 14th, Freehold Outdoor Concert. That's a Wednesday night. I'm going to come to that. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of town on the 17th, but I'm going to come see you on the 14th. Yeah, yeah Freehold's a good band. Yep. Yeah. And then they're going to do, I think, a Q&A with me after that. With the, uh, you know, we could, you should ask him if you get the uh, interview. Yeah, yeah. You do the Q and A. Yeah, we, I, we, I, we would. We would. Q and A. I said, yeah. Who's gonna do it? Yeah, we could. Yeah, we, see if Ken can do it. We I could. We could do that. I could do that happily. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Vinny, thank you so much. Your name in the bucket. I'll send you an email on who it is. Okay. Yeah, I swear, I'll get it to you. We'll I I live fifteen Wait, minutes away. Why I, I want to have somebody doing a Q and A with me? Who doesn't know anything about? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. I need. I need. I need to cue it by you. It would be great. Yeah, I would love that. Please don't be offended. Don't be offended. You and I are going to do elf two. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with that. Kenny's going to run around on the road uh, doing Q and A's. 
I'll do it. Chip, I think it's Chip great. gets a major motion picture, and I get a Q&A. Yeah, it's a soprano buff. It's a soprano buff. Vinny, thank you. It was really a pleasure. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, Vinny. You we so really much. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. All okay. right. I'm going to see you guys. I'm going to see you at the Wonderball. I'm going to see you at the Mammoth. I'm going to see you guys. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk. Yeah. Where, are you, where are you broadcasting from? I'm So I'm at Bell Works in Homedale. Yeah. And, and I'm, in, uh, I'm in South Philly. You're in South Philly? Yeah. It's how you market, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yep. Well, my girlfriend's in South Philly. Don't we edit a show? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go before I get in a lot more trouble. Goodbye. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank All right, you. Appreciate everybody, it. we'll see you next week.